0: Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gill here with Mike Renner, live from sunny Los Angeles again all week on Super Bowl Radio Row. Today on the show, we're going to go over the Super Bowl, actually preview the Super Bowl, talk about some props that we're willing to bet. Then the back end of the show, interviews with the Ringers, Benjamin Solak, new friend of the podcast. And then I sit down with former NFL receiver, now current host of the I Am Athlete podcast, Brandon Marshall. Let's get it. buzz is absolutely jam-packed today, Mike. There is a lot going on. Before we get into some of the Twitter stuff that has gone down, Kayvon Thibodeau has been in the building. We haven't actually got an opportunity to sit down with him, but he's a Shades Inside guy. Your immediate reactions? Shades Inside guy is not helping
1: out his <laughs> sort of the Todd McShay report. The implied Stop. that teams are worried Stop. about, you know, about if he's Kayvon Thibodeau's fire for
0: the game. If he got the fire for it, Shades Inside. He was the only guy wearing shades inside him. Teased the interview a little bit with Benjamin Solak. He actually sat down with Kayvon Thibodeau and said, in that interview with Thibodeau, Thibodeau has a 30 year plan. Yeah. He makes it obvious in that interview. And I think maybe this is where some of the McShay stuff comes from, that like, it's not just football for him. Like it's football and business. He has his own cryptocurrency. I'm an investor. I'm an investor in Dream, J-R-E-A-M. I think there's a... There's a money sign in there somewhere. I've been an investor for about three months. I'm down about 40%, but we are bouncing back. We are bouncing back. Kayvon Thibodeau, one day at a time, hold the line. We are going to the moon. I want to get him on the pot. I got to start talking some crypto with this guy. Is there a Kayvon Thibodeau NFT? Yeah,
1: I mean, if he's got a crypto, it's gotta be an NFT as well. They kind of go hand in hand.
0: All right, the other funny thing that happened on Twitter today that ended up in some deleted tweets, which is obviously unfortunate, (laughs) but Jonathan Allen, so if someone randomly tweeted out if you ha- could have dinner or lunch. Well, he he had to ask me anything. He oh said really? He oh, he had an AMA going.
1: He gave out a little ask me. Sponsored anything. by Auto Trader or how did? I to- <laughs> <laughs> well, sponsored by. Okay, we're not going to go to what I was probably going to say. But go ahead. What was asked to him was, "You can have dinner with three people, dead or alive. Who are you inviting?" And his answer: My granddad, Hitler, and Michael Jackson.
0: Come on.
1: Which you can't say that. Which, like, two out of three are problematic there. It's not just one. His granddad
0: had to have been fucking
1: <laughs> impostical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> his grand, there's no way his granddad's even killed.
1: And then someone asked him, you know, why Hitler? And he said, he's a military genius, and I love military tactics. But honestly, I would want to pick his brain as to why he did what he did. I'm also assuming that the people I have chosen have to answer all my questions honestly. See, I don't actually, like, stop think this is that. Stop. Ridiculous, is what I was going to say. It is ridiculous. It's his justification of just wanting to pick his brain of like why he did what he did is like a reasonable thing. Now, it's a re- for that to be one of your three to me is out- outlandish.
0: One of like, your three adjacent but, to Neverland, Michael Jackson. But it's like you can't erase,
1: erase history. You want to understand how things like that happened. I, I think that's a. It's not. It's not as do it a different
0: way. It's not as absurd as what I thought it was with. initially.
1: Who? Okay, let's go. Our three people that you
0: would do <laughs> if you could have dinner with any three people that are. We on. don't even get to chime in that much about like the fact that his other one was Michael Jackson. Yeah, that was all. Like, of the focus is obviously on the objectively worst one, but like it's like. It's also bad that he alleged mentioned Michael child Jackson. Molester. Is he also asking the same questions about Mike, with Michael? What was yeah. your strategy? Why, why did you do the things you do? Proven genocidal I- dictator,
1: alleged child molester, and his grandpa. Pop,
0: pop. All right, I'll go first because admittedly you told me we were doing this like five seconds before we started recording. (laughs) So I like put together like a rapid three. None of them have actually, I don't think, killed people, but we'll see. I went Brett Favre. Brett Favre's always been one of my favorite
1: players. uh, So a guy who sends dick pics to people. You're okay with that. Are you joking me? Wait, Brett Favre has sent dick pics to people? (laughs) You don't remember the Jen Sturger saga? Saga? If I Google Brett Favre dick pics, does it come up? Yes. All right. He literally (laughs) like... Was one, addicted to painkillers for a while. Oh, uh, God. Two, oh, well, it's said, there. It's there. Said, yeah, it's all, there. Awesome, I just saw on your computer, too. Thank God for that. Uh, so okay, It's you're, there. You're and why just is as it soft? As, you're just as bad as Jonathan Allen. Why
0: is it soft?
1: That wasn't soft. Let's just say for for <laughs> Brett Favre. Um, okay, go
0: on. Ate hey, Brett Favre fully clothed is one of my answers for lunch. Okay. And then I included Britney Spears. Britney Spears in her right prime now, was one okay, of my favorites. Prime, Britney Spears. Well, obviously, you get to choose when, the, when you know talk us. to them. This is a mythical situation. Yeah, 99 Britney Spears. Spears in her prime was one of my favorite people. Yeah. And I also think if I talk to her post-prime, the stories are probably
1: insane. Yeah, you need more post-prime for the stories.
0: For they have the to, Britney Spears has probably got more stories and more dick pics than Brett Favre.
1: That's fr- I mean, yeah. Okay.
0: Third f- Third one for me was Anne Hathaway. I'm a big Le Miz fan, and I'm also a big Anne Hathaway fan. I love Devil Wears P. That was honestly like a Hail Mary, I I would not actually choose Anne Hathaway if you gave me 10 minutes to pick this list, but I had like 5 seconds before we started that,
1: recording. Okay, that list was poo. That's terrible. Einstein. Don't Google Brett Favre
0: dick pics by the way. Albert
1: don't. Einstein, I mean you'll just get a dick pic. Albert Einstein, <laughs> number one, Dave Chappelle,
0: and Bill Belichick. What the hell are you going to ask Einstein? I mean, just anything. Give me your first question, Einstein. How'd you come up with a theory of relativity? <laughs> That's terrible. That would be interesting. Oh my God. You wouldn't what even are you gonna ask him. Anne Hathaway? Dude, walk me through <laughs> walk like, me through step by step what it was like to well, work with miss. Meryl Streep. A bit. Then invite Meryl Streep, dude. No All right. <laughs> I guess that's fair actually. But
1: Bill Belichick, obviously a grace football market. Oh, that's a, of all that's time.
0: A, that's money. I probably could have included him.
1: Yeah. Uh and then Dave Chappelle just Dave also great well, This is a good list. You I was fucking with you Thank with Einstein. You. It's a good list. All right, You're about one it.
0: dictator short, according to Jonathan Allen, yeah. but it's all pretty decent. I'm 0 for 3
1: in murderous, which <laughs> Jonathan Allen couldn't say the same. Very
0: true. All right, before we get into the meat of this show, where we preview Super Bowl 56, Rams at Bengals, which is insane. All the interviews we do down here in L.A., like, honestly the last thing you bring up with guests is the super bowl yeah. <laughs> no one wants well, to talk about
1: the super bowl because it gets hammered like oh yeah you take every angle and it's anywhere you look you can find coverage of the game mm-hmm. you don't need us to ask every single person their take the takes have been hammered.
0: yeah what's funny about the brandon marshall interview before we in that too we were scheduled for 2 30 like no call no show he shows up at three on the dot. And I'm like, yep, no problem. <laughs> we just let him go. You just let he, him. You just got to let just him go. walk all yeah, over you, just, you. Yeah, well, I had nothing. You left for food. Yeah, for I did. You left I for didn't food. It was supposed <laughs> to be a two-on-one. two, two on one. You end up chasing freaking Jonathan Allen, whoever it was. So all right, Brett Favre DPs. All right, remember, this podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $200, 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 years or older, To DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem call at 1-800-GAMBLER. On to Super Bowl 56. Rams, officially, closing line, will be, most likely, minus 4.5, favored by 4.5 with the hook. And the total is at forty-eight and a half. Let's start with the game line and and total. So the spread yeah. and total. Give me your analysis on the the spread right now. I like the Bengals. I, I have not made
1: that a secret throughout these playoffs. I picked them the last three weeks to win. Outright. Wow! Wow! And I'm picking them again to win. Right that with right. your chest. Um, now, going to do a little matchup by matchup, like the. The obvious the obvious one that's gonna get hammered home all week long that you can ask your mother and she'll know is a mismatch is this Rams defensive line against the Bengals offensive line. Yep. And it is. Like straight up, you have here here are the here are the overall grades of the Bengals offensive line in the playoffs. Jonah Williams, 65.4. Quentin Spain, fifty-two point eight. Trey Hopkins, fifty-eight point eight. Kima forty one point four, Jackson Carmen, those are your right guards that are split time, forty four point nine, and Isaiah Prince, fifty two point seven. That's not good. No. But also, that is their grades so in the playoffs and they've won three games against three good teams. You know, like they, That's they, Joe they, Burrow. That's a Joe Burrow yeah, stat. Exactly. Like they've gone around it. Here are the grades of the guys they're blocking this year Aaron Donald, ninety three point five, Von Miller ninety point four, Leonard Floyd seventy point seven. It ain't going to be easy. No. But again, it hasn't been easy for three straight games, and they've overcome
0: it. No defense in the NFL this postseason has recorded pressure at a higher rate than the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron Donald and Von Miller both have 16 pressures apiece so far this postseason. I think Cincinnati, so far this postseason, a 59.8 PFF pass blocking grade. Everyone knows the game against Tennessee where Joe Burrow took nine freaking sacks. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Why doesn't it matter, I guess? It's too easy to say, it's just cool, Joe. It's just because Joe Burrow is just a guy.
1: And it's the thing. It's like, Joe Burrow has overcome it, but they're not winning because of their offense. Here's why it doesn't matter. They've held each team they face six points below their season average point total. Wow. That's a good stat. And this is the stat that it is not the Bengals' offense that makes me think they're going to win. It is the Bengals' defense. And here is my me trying to sell you on this. They have been one of the zone-heavier teams in the NFL. They have, they've ran a lot of three-man rushes this postseason, more than anyone else in this postseason. Uh, Lou Anarumos runs a diverse coverage set, but not a ton of man coverage. Matt Stafford this year versus man coverage, 91.9 overall grade, 19 touchdowns, two picks, 133.0 passer rating. Matt Stafford's zone coverage this year, 73.9 pass, PFF passing grade, 90.0 passer rating, nine touchdowns, 11 picks. Significant drop-off. Different quarterback. Matt Stafford against three-man rushes this season, 44 dropbacks, 53.2 overall grade, 21 of 40 for 149 yards, that's 3.7 yards for attempts and a 48.9 pass rating. Holy shit. They're going to come out and drop eight because that has been their game plan and they're going to run a ton of zone coverage and basically say Matt Stafford didn't conduct dunk the ball down the field on us. And I don't think they're going to. I don't think this Rams offensive line is can do enough in the running game and Matt Stafford, again, judge, going back to the three-man rush is how he's fared. I don't think he has the patience to do that. And the Bengals are going to make him do that. So I think it's a low-scoring game. And then it really doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter that the Rams can pressure this Bengals offense. I, I think Joe Burrow... Is the guy I would bet on in a close, low scoring game to come away in the end.
0: Man, I, I do think that so much of the attention for the Super Bowl has been on Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey going toe to toe with Joe Burrow, PFF's highest graded quarterback in the NFL right now, when you include the postseason. But really, let's flip. You know, I think you're smart to flip the script and look at what Luana Rumo has done with the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Them adding Chadobia Wuze, Mike Hilton, Trey Hendrickson, BJ Hill. It is a legitimate defense. This Bengals defense should not be underrated anymore with what they've done this postseason. I love that stat you pulled on them being, you know, holding their opponents to six games below or six points below their season average. How big of a matchup, in your opinion, is Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase, and who ultimately wins that one? I think Jamar Chase's receiving yards prop is set at like 79 and a half. Mm-hmm. Over under seven, nine and a half. If you want to bet on DraftKings, make sure you use promo code PFF. If you do, Jalen Ramsey, highest graded quarterback in the NFL, according to PFF. Highest ranked in war. Jamar Chase, highest ranked receiver in yards for outrun in single coverage. Highest graded receiver in single coverage. Like this is the get your popcorn ready matchup. Am I crazy to say Jamar Chase gets over his receiving yards total Ooh. and beats on Jamar Chase a little bit, or Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey a little bit, who's only allowed 100 yards in a single game this season once? Yeah. I think Jamar Chase beats that. I think Jamar Chase goes toe-toe with Ramsey and actually gets over 100. Ooh, okay. That's a call I'm not necessarily willing to get
1: on board with because they don't have to. Yeah. And that's the beauty of why we say get you a three-deep wide receiving core. Get you ancillary weapons. at Get more. Position. Because when you have a, a matchup like that, that's Jalen Ramsey against your best wide receiver who could theoretically shut him down, could be a Matchup that favors the Rams, you don't have to go there if mm-hmm. you want. You got a mismatch, then that's T. Higgins at six foot five against Darius Williams at five foot ten. You got seven inches there, eight inches that you can a just lot. go and throw it pray up. would pray for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he you knows nothing about that. Um, and you have Tyler Boyd working in the middle of the field, like you have options if you're the Bengals, and that's again why we say you need more than one. You need more than one wide receiver. You need a core of wide receivers. In this day and age, if you want to consistently go to Super Bowls, consistently compete, you need at least two options.
0: I was working on some content for PFF, and while all the attention right is on Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase, the rookie phenom versus the consensus cornerback one in the NFL, T. Higgins going against Darius Williams is going to be legit. And if they can funnel targets to him, I think T. Higgins is another guy that can go over his prop. I know I'm previewing a lot of his prop segment here, but T. Props. Higgins' prop is only set at 68 and a half. That's the matchup to exploit for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Attack T. Higgins. I think his receptions prop is four and a half, five and a half. Get him over that. Darius Williams is obviously a more favorable matchup when you look at this receiver versus quarterback um, uh, matchup chart across the board. You'd love to see. Now, where does this all start? What have we not brought up yet? Zach Taylor running the football on early downs into a pit of misery. Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon's rushing yards prop is set almost close to 70 because they know he's going to get the volume. You like this game going under. Is it a lot of that because Zach Taylor is going to sit on it too much? Or is that just because this Bengals defense is going to rise the occasion? I, Both. Yeah.
1: Like, that's. I like it going under because that is what he's done all three games so yeah. far.
0: Like, that he's is... not – a
1: Tiger doesn't change his stripes. Yeah. So, yeah, I like the Bengals outright, and I like the under.
0: I'll go Bengals cover. Doing it again. Doing it again. Doing it again. Bengals cover plus four and a half. So, Rams win. Why am I doing this? For the city of Cincinnati. Every yeah. time I've thought the Bengals are going to win, they've lost. I'm saying the Rams win. I think the Rams ultimately win. I think the Bengals cover the 4.5. And, and I also like the under 48 and a half. I think my final score prediction was somewhere along the lines of 24-21 20, Rams winning this one in the end. Let's get to some props. props. I want to do some props as them. well. Before we get to props, make sure you are a proud, proud owner of a manscaped package You know, a lot more more 4.0. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to Manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. If you were going to build out a Manscaped ad for the Super Bowl, what would be some of your options here Ooh, see like i
1: i'm i feel like manscape should get on that banned super bowl train
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: like where like they create just an ad they know is going to get rejected mm-hmm. and it's like and oh, they just say they banned, rejected it right yeah. get it
0: out on youtube and, like banned super bowl ad manscape it yeah. would do well they- i think there's some options there the holidays went by so quickly did you even remember to take care of your package the performance package 4.0 for Manscaped is the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. You don't realize that Manscaped cannot just make your love life better. It can make each and every yeah. day. It's not a just
1: a you decision, bro. No. This is for everyone else. It's in an everyone life. decision.
0: It's a roommate decision now. But like <laughs> Manscaped created their products for a night just like this to make V-Day, your V-day date say, Wow, great set of balls you have there. That is the best line in the read, period. If your V-day date says, Wow, great set of balls you have there. I mean, that's a bigger compliment than Farbs getting these days. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code PFF, join Cupid, and shoot your arrow straighter with Manscaped this Valentine's Imagine Day. Imagine how
1: much bigger Farbs would have looked like if he had the Manscaped exactly. Exactly.
0: That was... I mean, when you talk it about... It would be
1: a laughingstock. It would be...
0: People would be in awe. I it'd think. be honestly... A thumbnail of a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> if Manscaped would be paying for the rights, uh, probably wouldn't be live on Google either. All right, some Super Bowl props. Yes. I'll, can we pick? I wanted us to pick these three, and then you can tell me some of your favorites. Oh, that's not what I was doing. But... Oh well, either, either way, I'm going to make you do these. All right. Well, who is your pick? Because I think this one's fun. Who is your pick for MVP oh, okay. right now? Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is plus one hundred. Joe Burrow plus two twenty-five. Cooper Cup plus six hundred, yeah. and then everyone else is plus thousand or worse. Okay.
1: So I, I want Joe Burrow plus two twenty-five. Yeah, I think that's one of the best bets in the whole thing because the Bengals win, it's automatically going to it's Burrow. Him. It's it's going to be him, and the Bengals odds of winning are plus one seventy. Mm-hmm. But you can get Burrow MVP plus two twenty-five. That's better than the, betting the Bengals money line. I was gonna say the the implied odds of that is saying that there's a 1 in 5 chance that Burrow, the Bengals win and Burrow's not the MVP. I think that is massively too high of saying that. I think it's more like 1 in like 12 chance of if the Bengals win, Burrow's not the MVP. It's going to take like either Joe Mixon going for like 140. or Not going to happen multiple picks from someone or Jamar Chase of the or Jamar Chase going for like three TDs. Jamar Chase going for a big game though still probably goes to Burrow. No. You know, just fair. because of the name Rekko. So yeah, I'm gonna go Joe. I Burrow
0: mean and that's kind of Burrow. reflected in these odds too. Joe Burrow, who's the first Cincinnati Bengals player on this list, is plus two twenty five. The next Bengals player is Jamar Chase at plus eighteen hundred. Yeah. So I do think if you like the Bengals to win, betting Joe Burrow plus two twenty five for the MVP is great. I actually like, again, picking the Rams to win. I like Cooper Cup at plus six hundred. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Stafford's obviously the favorite. That's why he's plus 100 to win MVP. But Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner in the NFL, if Stafford throws a couple picks, which we probably could see, Cup finds the end zone twice, yeah. goes over 100 yards. His prop right now, I think, is 101.5. Like, they're expecting him to go off. If yeah. Cup kind of meets those expectations or slightly exceeds those expectations, I think Cup could be good value at plus 600. I think that's my favorite MVP bet. Now, how about Gatorade color? Any interest in betting Gatorade color? No. What do you mean no? That's
1: one where it's like if you if I'd go text Zach Robinson and be like, dude, take a look at the Gatorade. Text
0: him. Give me a give me a number. You won't do it. We'll say we won't text them, but then text Oops. Oops. Okay. <laughs> anyway, color of the Gatorade. Pour it on the winning coach. Right now, odds are clear slash water. So you're getting both clear Gatorade. Yeah. Which I don't know if they have that. No. It's
1: it's just water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> plus two fifty. Orange is plus three hundred. Yellow and green, plus 350. Blue is plus 400. None. None is plus 600. Is that a value? I think the none's the best value there after the So clear. there's just nothing in the can, or there's no one dumps just it? Just
1: they don't get a dump. Oh, okay. Or... You-
0: do they always dump? They probably always dump. I them. think they always dump though. Yeah. Orange I feel like is a good bet too though. Orange is one of the more popular Gatorade colors and you if the Bengals win and they dump fucking some purple shit on there, yeah, it's a it disaster. Would be Bengals, no, yeah. it's going to be Bengals. I think if you like the Bengals to win, that might be better yeah. value. Yeah. Again, you keep on chasing these adjacent values here. I think plus plus 300 orange Gatorade is essentially a Bengals money line bet. Not bad. Yeah. I think I like that. I think I'm going to go orange actually. I like orange as the bet there. Last one, anytime touchdown score who are some of your favorites there? I, I'm a big fan of the touchdown scorer's props. Right now, any time score, Cooper Cup is minus 190. Joe Mixon is minus 105. Cam Akers minus is minus 110. There's some other guys that get even deeper. People love betting this prop. Again, you can find all these prices on DraftKings. Use promo code PFF. CJ Osama is out there at plus 250. You have Samaje P. Ryan at plus 400. Anyone interest you on these? Oof, I'm looking through the list here. T you Higgins plus 175 That's the bet T Higgins plus, plus 175, 175 Against Darius Williams On a fade That's money The one I
1: like Is going really deep Chris Evans plus 1200 Yikes Get him on a screen Jake Funk plus 2000 I <laughs> think the screen game's going to have to be active For the Bengals uh, Yeah let me go Let me go Chris Evans Plus 1200 Lovely lovely Alright now My give guy me I said was going to At the beginning of the season <laughs> Make some noise <laughs> he's going to make
0: some noise in the, play- yeah. in the Super Bowl now. Give me now your okay. a couple of your favorite props, of favorite ones. independent of the ones I forced you pick. So
1: these are the ones I wrote down prior to this. And I wrote this down, and then I saw a tweet from Mina Kimes that made me even like this one even more. But Tyler Boyd to get over 40 and a half receiving yards. You mentioned T. Higgins is the guy who probably benefits from Jalen Ramsey uh, on Jamar Chase. I think Boyd's the guy that ultimately benefits the most because Ramsey's played a lot of the slot over the course of this season. And so if he is not, if he is being used to kind of be their Jamar Chase shutdown guy, That leaves a guy who hasn't really played a lot of slot in the slot. And without much time, Joe Burrow is not going to be able to look outside as much. And Mina Kimes tweet here, Rams pass defense is excellent, except for short passes between the numbers where they allow the second highest key bar in football, a.k.a. where Tyler Boyd operates. So, four and a half. Attack those linebackers. That's what I like. And then the other one I mentioned, the drop eight, going to force the ball underneath. I like Cam Akers over two and a half receptions. I think checking down Matt Stafford is going to be a thing in this one.
0: I have three, and I think I've already mentioned them both. But T. Higgins over 68.5 receiving yards is minus 120. I've already mentioned that Darius Williams. I think that's what we want to target. I think that's who's going to benefit a lot from this. I also like the Tyler Boyd one that you mentioned. Pretty much non-Chase receiving yards props. Go attack those. The other one, though, Jamar Chase is plus 400 to lead all players in receiving yards in this game. Cooper Cuff's like plus plus 100. Yeah. I kind of like that. I mean, obviously just one, said he's going over 100 four, four, versus Sean Ramsey. You got it like that. Four to one odds on him being the game's leader in receiving yards? I, I'll, I'll take that. And then the last one, I think Joe Mixon's receptions receptions prop is set at three and a half. He's averaged over five receptions, I think, in the east of the last five games. Go chase that over there, too. I think Go Joe Mixon's going to get yeah. some dumpies as well. A lot of Bengals love on this show. I mean, we're based in Cincinnati. It's not where the bias lies. I think it's fun to root for an underdog, But line, you though. picked the Rams, so. I did pick the Rams. Remember, Bengals to cover, Rams to win, and that's for Cincinnati. Yeah. That's for Cincinnati. If I if I win that hedge again, though, you can stop making fun of me. That'd be <laughs> great. Uh, shall we get to these interviews? Yes. Before we do, proud sponsor, proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast is Western and Southern. Uh, while you focus on your roster moves, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves, buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow. Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF now. On to interviews with The Ringers' Benjamin Solak and wide receiver Brandon Marshall. Now joining the Tailgate Podcast is Brandon Marshall. I was gonna say NFL receiver, but honestly, <laughs> your ability on podcasts lately has been sensational. I've been a huge fan of the I Am Athlete Podcast. It's great to have you on the show, man. Well,
2: oh, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, it, it, that the transition is tough. It can oh, be 100%. tough for a lot of, a lot of guys, um, a lot of athletes, I should say. Um, so I appreciate that, man, because it's hard work. You know that. No,
0: and I was listening to a part of your most recent podcast, and you were saying when you guys first started, 84 people listening to the show <laughs> at start. Brutal. And then it's gotten to this point where it's like 20, 25,000 people all tuning in live. And then I think your latest episode on YouTube got over 200,000 views. You're, you're you're transitioning just fine, man. You're making some plays there.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're getting to a play point now where most of our shows are doing 600, 700 to a million plus. You wow. know, we have some shows that are up at four. 4 million, 3 million views um you know and and it's because it's just real yeah that's no, 100% what it is. It's that's real consistent
0: I think a part of that realness in your latest episode I wanted to get to this part. <laughs> this story is incredible so you're talking to Chris Olave I think Samir White was there David Bell from Purdue and you're talking about your preparation for the combine yeah. and you're like hey I didn't have my girlfriend with me right. I was all locked in I need you your words this preparation for this for the draft for the combine <laughs> and what all went into
2: that um, I mean outside of the medical part the training uh, you know the, the nutritional part like all of that stuff yeah I took a page out of of, you know, Mike Tyson's book and, and some of the great fighters, right? Like it's those legendary stories of, look, I'm getting, I'm in camp. I'm getting ready in. for this big fight, this big moment in my life. No sex, no sex. Like you can't have sex, right? Like the energy. So I like, I wanted all of that power. I wanted everything <laughs> to just. All of the power. Yeah, this one is 140. And it worked. Four four nine, four four nine, dude. And it was because of that, because I had no sex. I didn't even touch myself. <laughs> so you know, like no, at all. Yeah, that was. I mean, then was, you ran
0: the four four nine and obviously let everything go. I mean, that's. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I, yeah. I I think that's some of the best advice I think anyone's given, uh, any receiver or any yeah, really older. player. Why well, did it
2: even when I got to the league as well? Like you know, Thursday I think. Anyway, I, this is when I was. I was so locked in. Mm-hmm. So even like Thursday was when I start, you know, with my my, my girlfriend and turn wife, right? Still mm-hmm. with my my wife oh, now nice. 13 years. Um, yeah, Thursday night, no sex. Wow. Yeah, well, getting Thursday ready night for through. Sunday. Yeah. And, and probably like Eight years in, I was like, "Man, this shit's terrible. I'm over this." <laughs> Night terrible. before the game, day of the game, yeah. let's get after it. I love that.
0: I mean, you're, with, I mean, with Chad Ochocinco on yeah. um, the I am athlete, he he was like, "Dude, I would go three, four times before the <laughs> before right. the game, literally like day of those fights that he's doing." And he's, I another part of that podcast episode. You guys talk about, um, you know, how, prioritizing health, right? And how as athlete, right. you guys are going in and giving Crystal Olave and these guys dietitians. Where Chad Ochocinco is ripping McDonald's drive through, <laughs> literally day before Poor games. <laughs> I, I love that your approach for that, though. I think more yeah. of these athletes. I was talking to Max Crosby recently, who's obviously gotten sober since yes. getting into the NFL, and he's prioritized his health. Even Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end for Michigan, he's like, I don't eat gluten, I don't eat sugar, I don't That's drink caffeine. Right. I think I think there is two sides, right? There's the Chad Ocho
2: Cinco side where you do whatever you want, but I do think prioritizing there is no is- there is no side. There is no Ocho side, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, he's one if, if one. you really listen to what uh, if you really listen to him, what he's saying is right because like I, I believe in the eighty twenty rule. Right, like, eighty percent of the time I'm gonna be on top of I'm be on top of what I'm eating, and what I'm putting in my body, and twenty percent of the time have fun. Like, what is fun for me? Sushi, you know, I like pancakes. You know, I like waffles. I like French fries as well, I like yeah. truffle French fries. So there's some things that I I, I I enjoy, but you know, if you really listen to Ocho, with you know, and what he's saying is everything is so political. Yeah right? Like, you know, someone's like, okay, they tell us to drink milk. Who wrote that? The milk people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yogurt's good for you. You know, this is good for you. That's good for you. That's bad for you. Who's behind that, right? Um, So I just try to push them more to like go deeper like tell us don't just tell us you know just eat more mcdonald's or it's okay to eat mcdonald's and drink this or drink that every day like tell us what how you really feel so you have to really listen to ocho because he's really saying some interesting things around nutrition and food you know it's important you got to know what you're putting in your body You know, it's a a reason why, you know, consumption's going up and so is cancer and liver disease and heart disease and sleep apnea and loss of energy and, you know, certain cancers. It's important. It's what we're putting our damn bodies. No, 100%. I mean, I would encourage everyone listening to the podcast to check out uh, I Am Athlete. It's
0: a fantastic show. You can get it on YouTube and on wherever you can find your podcast. Yeah. It's a phenomenal show. Uh, we could probably talk about this stuff all day, but let's get to the Super Bowl a little bit. How, how much have you guys, have you watched Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase? And I guess speak to the talents of these two receivers going into this game.
2: Yeah, J- Jamar Chase is, um, he's special. Uh, his, his confidence, I think, is what separates him from the pack. His body control. We had him at House of Athlete for a little bit, oh, really? uh, past off season, and um, right away, as soon as I talked to him, I said, "Oh, this dude's locked in. He's good to go. He just needs to continue to do what he's doing. Right? Um, he's fine. This dude is different." Uh, Cooper Cup, I don't think the league has ever seen a Cooper Cup before, and the the reason why I say that is because the physical and the mental, high football IQ, uh, his mindset. Uh, his ability to put team first which is hard for a lot of people these days you know it took me four years to realize you know how to be an individual within a team in this big business uh, and then as far as like a football player his ability to run routes is how he catches the ball he's a hands catcher he's dependable there extremely dependable there and um you know his yards after the catch oh yeah like we've never seen a receiver like this We haven't like at this level. Now I'm not saying he's Jerry Rice. I'm not saying he's the best. You know, he may not even be the best today. But like when you when I look at receiver, look at man, what makes you the best at the receiver position? Like what's that special thing that you bring to the table? And to me, he's one of those guys that excels in almost all those traits. That's hard to find. No, 100%. I mean, on the topic, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup 2, of the best receivers that
0: played football this year. Don't want to throw you on the spot, but who are some of your top guys in the NFL right now at
2: that position? Receiver position, wow. Yeah, it is tough. Um, D-Hop didn't have the year. He, he 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 should have had. He was banged up a little bit, but D-Hop is still there. Um, Stephon, Stephon Diggs is up there. Uh, you have Tyreek Hill. You have, uh, obviously, Adams, right? Devontae's super smooth. He may be number one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Justin Jefferson. Man, we're loaded with talent. Who else am I missing? You know, Mike Evans, you know, he's a beast. And then, like, guys like that, Mike Evans, people people aren't really going to – talk a lot about Mike Evans, but there's dudes like that. It's like, yo, I know I throw that ball out there. 95% of the time, this dude's coming down with the ball, right? It doesn't matter the situation. Yeah. So you got to show love Darren, Keenan Allen is definitely different. Uh, I still love uh, Adam Thielen, you know, I can go on and on. Yeah.
0: I, I know recently on the I Am Athlete podcast, you had Antonio Brown on and mm-hmm. you had a really good conversation about like, you, know, you were sitting down with an entertainer almost and him putting himself over some of the team and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I thought it was interesting. And you said 10% chance he gets back in the NFL. But I would argue when he was playing with the Bucks, he was one of the top receivers in the NFL too. Like still to this day, like that good in the NFL.
2: For sure, 100%. Like <laughs> 100%. And, you know, I, I don't know if he gets back to the – I don't know if he gets back to the NFL. Um, hopefully he does. I would love to I – w- I want Antonio Brown to – Get back on the team, mm-hmm. feel really good about you know everything that they're doing, everything that he's doing, and go out with a bang. Yeah. That's what I want for, for Antonio Brown. Hopefully we can get there because he's absolutely brilliant at running routes and playing a wide receiver position. Now everything else that goes around it, fitting in the team, being in the right situation, that's going to be tough to find. Um, but it's out there and someone's gonna have to take a chance. And Antonio is gonna have to maybe tweak some things mm-hmm. to his approach as well.
0: I mean, I think the NFL is better when that good of an athlete, that good of a player is in the league, right? And when Antonio Brown's on the football field, the league is a lot better. I wanna flip a little bit to the defense side of the ball. you yeah. had a really good conversation with Ocho Cinco about Darrell Rivas and what made him great. There's a really good cornerback in this Super Bowl and Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. How would you approach going toe to toe with Jalen Ramsey in this game? He's a unique weapon for the Rams defense.
2: Uh, Keep my 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 mouth shut, <laughs> and the reason why is because he's one of those guys that he'll take it there. What I mean by take it there, okay? He's going to be, he's going to play within the in, in the guidelines. He's going to play within the lines, and you know. But if you cross those lines, you have to see him every single play until the last whistle, and that. Not everyone wants to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about fighting and yelling and screaming every single play. The dude is just different. It's personal for him. For me, I'm keeping my mouth shut and I'm going in, you know, with a lot of strategy. So what I, what I would do with guys like that is I'm looking at, okay, what are the 10 routes that he he's so familiar with or the stems? And I'm building off of that. I may give him something early in the first quarter. And then the second quarter is really when I want to, really want to get after him, right? So I'm feeding him something, giving him this look. And then the second quarter is when I may give him that same little look, but then break out to the left, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of reps that you got to you got to get before that game. That's what I would do with Darrell Revis. You go out there and just play, you know, traditional football with Darrell Revis, you're not going to have a good game. If you just go, out, I'm going to run a slant. I'm going to run a go. I'm going to run a comeback. Like, they're going to – Shut those routes down nine out of ten times. What you got to do is actually put a little bit on there. You know, like, okay, I'm going to give him the slant. And he knows in the second quarter, two minutes left, 80% of the time we go slant. Now I'm going to go sl- sluggo. Yeah. Right? So you got to play chess with guys like that. The Champ Bailey's of the world. The Richard Sherman's of the world. The rail is of the world. Jalen Ramsey's of the world. The Santi Samuels of the world.
0: We can close with this one. I know you have a lot of time yeah. left, but I'd love to go off of that. Do you have any stories from when you were in the league where you did maybe open your mouth a bit and run into one of these guys that can play into that and play? Al that? Harris. Oh wow, really? Al
2: Harris, that was a grown man. Yeah, like I went out there. I'm six five, 6'5", 230, and it's like I'm the I'm I'm the big bad boy on the <laughs> uh, in the playground. And so, you know, I was my second, third year in the league. Uh, and I went out there with that same energy to him and he literally just put his hands around my throat and just like start choking me out oh my god! and then every play after that, it was like, it was a heavyweight fight and it was exhausting and so, um, that was like my welcome to the island moment right there. <laughs> it's like, man, this dude's a grown man.
0: Really appreciate the time, Brandon. This was fantastic. Thanks again.
2: Cool. Thank you, man. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you. It.
0: Thank you now joining the tailgate podcast is ringer staff writer benjamin solak dude great to have you on the show man yeah it's good to be here we're not sure if i've been on or on the
3: show yet or not we're yeah. talking about the pre show i'll, I'll take research. a look if <laughs>
0: i maybe have tweeted it out before i feel like yeah. we've had you on you're a long time listener long time friend say, and
3: we've also like i like ran into you guys at the notre dame cincinnati game actually yeah. I ran into the no, yeah, right? yeah, i wasn't yeah. there i did like you were
1: know, somewhere i was like shit my pants that game yes i was i was i was Well aware.
0: (laughs) Well aware. Well, Ben, it's great to have you on. It's great to have you on. Before we get into draft class, QEs, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. you've been doing a ton of interviews today. We've been some standouts.
3: Yeah, no, it was cool. We got our first kind of like real radio row run, which was way more ours than I wanted to put in that sentence. Um, We talked to Robert Woods, which was really cool. Woods is in like a a weird spot, you know what I mean? Like he's integral to this team and also not playing. and Also, they're in the Super Bowl. And last time they were here, you know, he was such a big part of the unit. So he gave like really cool talks about What's changed for the Rams over the last four years? He's kind of got like a nice step back perspective right now, because he hasn't been like in the week in, week out game planning. We talked to Drod Mayo, uh, who's the de facto DC with uh, with the Patriots, which was fun because Bengals got here because they played like drop eight right against the Chiefs. It was just mad, you know, rush three, drop eight. Patriots started that, that, and and Mayo is very happy to answer yes. scheme questions. I was like, hey, like, How does this work? And he was like, you know, he broke it down, which was fun. Um, And then we also have Kayvon Thibodeau, who's, you know, potential number one overall pick in this class. He's a really impressive dude in terms of, like, you know, a lot of times the number one overall pick is football, football, football. And Kayvon makes it very clear from the jump that he's not. He's football and then a lot of other things he cares about. He plays chess. I wanted to get his chess ranking so I can know whether or not I should try to face Kayvon Thibodeau, but I I didn't get it through. So I missed that in the interview, and I was upset about that. I know he
0: has his own cryptocurrency as well. He
3: plays chess against members of his discord to promote his crypto which is a sentence that, like if i try to explain that to my mom like try to say that out loud anyway. three years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah it is i'm not even sure i get what's going on yeah there, that's it's, it's it's a lot but it's it's cool how much he has like planned out for his life you know
0: one of the ways i know that is i am an investor in yes. in cave crypto it's called dream with a j dream, I, it's oh, hard to, dream I got or day, whatever yeah. it may be but um i've been, been an investor for three months we're down about 40 percent, but we're gonna come back <laughs> obviously how, waiting I for like that's kind of how it goes for yeah. yeah listen i haven't played we... him in chess either but could that help Hold until <laughs> draft day? if he goes top five yeah. i think we'll see Hold the play. line we're yeah, going yeah, to the moon we're good, we're good. with Kayvon thibodeau uh let's get into this quarterback class i know you've spent some time mm-hmm. watching these guys they were all at the senior bowl yeah. five of the top six guys are consensus top six guys We're down there at the senior bowl your early impressions of this class and tell me something that isn't it's not good something uh, else than that because that's what everyone's telling me it's great me. six starters
3: sorry about <laughs> uh no seth had that really good Point he made today—it's a, it's a joke—but all of Seth's good points are short, jokey points. Where he said, uh, "Every quarterback is quarterback three, right? Mm-hmm. That's like what it is. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we describe Malik Willis right out of Liberty, and we talk about him as this like full-on project. He's a total—not like so much a rebuild because, like, because it's not like you have to tear stuff down like bad habits. It's just like he, all he is is the foundation. All he is is the tools right now. You got to build him up, and you got you to, gotta, you know, teach him the ropes from day one. You're not going to win with him in year one." Usually, when we talk about that player, good or bad, right, Josh Allen or Paxton Lynch, that is QB3, right? Like, Josh Allen was top 10, Paxton Lynch was outside the top 15, but they were QB3. Like, usually that's where that guy lands. Malik's probably gonna be QB1. Mm -hmm. Talk about Kenny Pickett as this like, you know, he's not gonna make mistakes for you, you know what I mean? You're gonna put him right in there and succeed, and it's gonna be fine, and you expect him to manage from the pocket, be a good processor. It's Derek Carr. it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Those guys were QB3, QB4, right? So these are, they're molds that we understand, and there's ways to win with them. There's ways to win with Desmond Ritter. Like these guys corral if you're gonna run a super RPO offense, like it can get done. It's just that dude, is usually not the most valuable quarterback in a class. So what's interesting about this class isn't so much the players, because we, we get them, we have models for them. What's interesting is who blinks? What team goes top 10 on one of these guys? Does it start a run? Do we do 2013 where no quarterbacks in the top 16? Like it, it's, it's very interesting to think about how this, t- this
1: class gets drafted. So to say what team blinks, I'm going to get your take here. I'm going to go through each team that needs yeah. a quarterback. And you tell me, would you pull the trigger on one of the quarterbacks in this class at that respect to pick? So number five, New York Giants, pull the trigger no, on the quarterback. No. Carolina at number six, are you pulling the trigger? Ugh, Carolina. No, but <laughs> Carolina's a mess. Denver at number nine, you pulling the trigger. <sighs>
3: I'm just thinking about Aaron Rodgers in orange or blue right now. That one's, yeah. That's, okay. that's okay. on, that's on we the board. You get
1: skip Denver. Uh, Washington at 11. Are you pulling the trigger? Yes. I okay. think that's where it starts. So 11's the trigger pull. I, think, I, I tend right. to agree. With I
3: think you, you look at what you have in Washington with, like, you have a, you brought in a young tackle in Samuel Cosme, a young running back in Antonio Gibbs, and you have a star receiver in Terry McLaurin, you signed Curtis Samuel. Scott Turner is, like, an OCI-like. Like, Like, I think he does cool stuff. I just think he's been so limited in terms of of injuries he's dealt with and then also the quarterback. You kind of need to get a quarterback in the building to kind of get proof of concept. Like, is this going to work with Scott Turner? Is this going to work with our weapons? Mm -hmm. Because at this point, you're like, all right, Terry, Samuel, Gibson, Logan Thomas, this could be a good offense, but we can't prove that. So Washington at 11 feels like the spot.
1: And how many of these guys are you theoretically pulling the trigger on in the first round? So Mm -hmm. say you're all the way down at 32 Detroit Lions, three quarterbacks are off the board. Are you taking the fourth quarterback in this
3: class? I can justify Pickett, Ritter, and Willis in the first round, I think. Corral, which is, is for me quarterback four, is where I go, like, okay, like, sure. But also, and and again, like I'm referencing Seth for the second time. I promise I don't care that much about what Seth thinks. Um, but Seth had the piece where he said, like, you know, he brought up the fact that you just saw so many few true dropbacks from Corral in college, right? He is a a a big projection who doesn't have elite physical tools the way Willis does. He feels like a guy who, like, it's not like dime a dozen because he does have some nice stuff, and he's obviously very productive. But he feels like a guy who's in every single class. And I don't want to be drafting that quarterback in the first round if, if that's the case.
0: Fair. Fair I, I want to get to the edge class as well. It's another one yeah. of those cl- where there are a lot of different opinions on who is this edge one versus edge two Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan and then Kayvon Thibodeau guy you've talked to today and have already invested half your savings in his crypto yeah unbiased crypto aside who is Mm -hmm. your edge one right now and I guess how close are those guys as prospects for you yeah they're really close and I think I think again like talking
3: about that quarterback theme neither one of these guys is reminiscent of like that clear number one Chase Young Miles Garrett yeah exactly they're not that player like Kayvon to me is like like Bradley Chubb right like Chubb went number five it was a good draft pick but it's like all right could be a nine sack a year guy but generally it's like good on three downs can defend the run whatever it's like the the ancillary stuff we usually talk about doesn't have like he has great athleticism but it's not like he's a miles garrett caliber chase, chase young caliber athlete so I, I think i prefer thibodeau a little bit but also if you're telling me right now like i need to draft a guy and get six sacks next season i'd rather have hutchinson like hutchinson kind of gets this I think this billing because he's at Michigan, and he's this big, tough white dude, and he like loves the Watts, or whatever. That he's like this like staunch run defender, power rusher. He's like a legit like hands rusher, quick guy. He like, gets to a soft corner; he knows what he's doing. So I, I feel like in year one, I can set my clock to Hutchinson, especially on passing downs. A lot better than Thibodeau, who's probably gonna have to, you know, change his stance. Like you know, like, like he was very versatile in Oregon, so you have to like learn the ropes a little bit. After year one, I think that. Uh, Thibodeau has a good chance to overtake Hutchinson. I I I like both players.
0: I also feel with Hutchinson, and I think it's a lot of the stuff that you spoke to, there's this connotation that he's going to, he's just this big, tough, high effort white dude, right? Coming out of Michigan. Whereas, he's going to test a lot better than that right like yeah. his athleticism is a lot better than that i think that's where a lot of minds i think will shift more toward Hutchinson because i do think that thibodeau is getting more often billed as this like yeah. super athletic freak when and Hutchinson at his weight is going to be a freak as well
3: and when and then when you put on the tape thibodeau is clearly the better run defender right <laughs> and it's just like if, if if people in my opinion it's like watch him you can get it but it's very easy back like, right there's the dude in or- the black dude in Oregon with the shades. There's the white dude in Michigan with the eye black. I know how these players work, and really, if you if you don't dive into it, it's just so easy to be like, these are the models and whatever. But both they-, they they both break the models of what's typically described for those sorts of prototypes and it makes it class cool and fun to talk
0: about. The lazy analysis is there yeah. for the taking. Oh, yeah. right? You could there jump you on it very quickly. Yeah. Are there any position
1: groups, so we talked about it's a weak class in the whole, yeah. and I agree with that. Are there any position groups that you have seen that you're like maybe this position group is actually where the value could be because it's a strong class relative to your average run yeah. class. Corner.
3: I mean like I will never forget Stingley's freshman season and I really yeah. don't care what happened afterward. I mean I could do a little bit but that that it's very rare to see a guy at that age walk out and be that dominant against that gamut of receivers that he faced at LCU 2019. In- incredible, Stingley is a gorgeous mover, as a natural instinct for the position, was in like a variety of alignments. He was, Dave a corner, like that is a hard job, and he just was doing it right away. And then Sauce Gardner's kind of, to uh, Cincinnati, his, style of play is falling out a little bit. There aren't many Seattle cover threes yeah. left. Like so, Unless Gus Bradley's getting him in the building, it's like, all right, who's who's drafting him? But in terms of that long press man ability, being able to play the ball through the hands, like he is so schooled and just winning against an X receiver for four quarters. And then you don't really see that a lot anymore. And how valuable that is is, is a question now in like a two-high quarters world, but it's still very impressive. And then Andrew Booth, who's like the third guy, is just good at everything. Like it, it, it feels dumb to put him as a as, a, as the, the you know the, the tag on the end, is the ancillary dude. But, like, Booth is ridiculously good with the ball in the air. He is very comfortable in a variety of coverages. A little bit less splash plays than Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley, and so he feels like the third guy. But if a team took Andrew Booth top 10, I'd be like, yeah, well, it's a premium position. He's got great athleticism. He's got great tape. Why not? So corner feels like the spot, and we haven't seen a corner get drafted first in my lifetime, and longer than my lifetime. But this is the year where, like, I think a, a corner-heavy top 10 is possible.
0: I wanted to get your take on the offensive tackle class as well. I think yeah. that's another class where there are a lot of top level guys, multiple guys that go in the first round, a lot of which were down at the Senior Bowl as well Trevor Penning, Bernard Ryman, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. What's your opinion on the top of this class and where maybe is there, a, where does the tier two start for you?
3: See, I think it does start after the top three. And I, and I like Penning, and, and I think that I think you can get like a five tackle first round, and especially in like a weak class, that's reasonable at a premium position. But I do think it goes Ike Makwanu, Charles Cross, and Evan Neal as that that, that top tier. I, you know, different opinions, different strokes for different folks. Like, if you are running the ball, you prefer a Kwanu. If you are throwing the ball, you prefer a cross. And then in the middle somewhere is Neal. I struggle with where I land on Neal. Big is big. Big translates. Like, big is very high floor. 6'7", 360 is 6'7", 360. Doesn't no matter what league you're playing in. He, he, he gets away with a lot of stuff because he's that big. You know what I mean? And I do wonder if NFL edges are going to be a lot better at, at maximizing his flaws, which are, like, small. He's still a first-round player. But, like, his feet get heavy, you know, he leans, which is very common. He's 6'7", 360. Yeah. Like, that's very common for those guys. It's just, for me, he's not that clear tackle one and then Aquanu and Cross to the afterthoughts. I think right now, like, in terms of, of developmental athleticism, I really love Aquanu. And if I wanted a, a guy who I could just put on the left side of the line, drop back 40 times a game and forget about it, Charles Cross, man, is lights out in pass protection. So, to me, that's a conversation. What's your team
1: horizon when you're going to compete? And also, what do you want to do as a team? Yeah, there's a lot of position groups in this class, I feel like, where... The top guy at the position is going to be very much yeah. in the eye of the beholder so in your opinion who is the prospect in this class that is the rarest for their respective position not to say oh. it's like the number one overall player on the board because yeah. obviously you got to factor in some positional value but who is the most special prospect compared to the general, yeah. like, baseline there That's system. such a good question, if Kyle Hamilton were not in this class. Okay. Because the <laughs> yeah. second answer,
3: yeah. like, it's like, maybe Jordan Davis, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that. That I could, I could see myself in that way. Malik Willis, there's an argument. At first, I was like, I have no idea how to answer this. Great question. Yeah. And then I remember Kyle Hamilton exists. And I was like, yay. Uh, Kyle Hamilton's like a pterodactyl, man. That guy's unbelievable. I wish... I could call the safety position valuable enough and teams bold enough to be like Kyle Hamilton number one overall. Yeah. Because I think if we just took all positional value and kind of like what what it means to be a quarterback and an edge out of the conversation, Hamilton is the best player at his position, period. Uh, it is obnoxious for a player of that size to have that range and then be that physical. And like, is he the best tackler in the world? No, I don't really care. Like he's gonna be able to make plays on the ball, generate fumbles and, and line up everywhere and disguise tendency and like, all right, if he blows a couple tackles, Jesse Bates blows a couple tackles. He's playing in the Super Bowl in five days. You know what I mean? You can get it done with a ball hawker who's got this sort of range and sort of size. So Hamilton, Hamilton is an absolute, like, again, like he, I watch him play, and I think pterodactyl, which I wasn't alive to see those guys, but that's how it feels.
0: <laughs> One more question we for ready. you, and then we'll let yeah. you go. But uh, maybe Kyle Hamilton is your guy, but who is your guy that you're kind of banging the table for in this class? Hmm.
3: I have a soft spot for Khalil Shakir, the uh, the wide receiver out of Boise, which whenever you have like a really polished senior receiver who beat up on a group of five kids, I'm always like, don't fall for it, Ben. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. Um, so that's dangerous for me. I like Shakir quite a bit. Uh, the running back class, I think, is a lot of like, um, like pick your poison. like who do you like, who do you don't. I think Brees Hall knows what he's doing uh, at Iowa State. And yeah, I don't think the testing's going to be amazing. And I, I acknowledge and I'm willing to accept that. I think that you've seen him against a wide variety of fronts behind an offensive line with highly variable production and and, and talent over a couple years at Iowa State be really 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 good be like the best player that they got on that team and I, I like smart runners I like tough runners I like runners with contact balance to me that, that's that's Brees Hall I, I love how you said uh, offensive line was highly variable production basically yeah. saying a bad offensive line Listen, it was, no, it was a very nice way that that, that freshman season <laughs> that offensive line was moving people and you were yeah. like wow yeah. that's great and then that offensive line got worse and Brees Hall got better and to yeah. me that tells me that 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 player got smart You know what I mean? And that's really cool to see.
0: Ben, really appreciate the time. Make sure you follow Benjamin Solak on Twitter. I think it's at Benjamin Solak. Yeah, man. We keep it simple Perfect. Perfect. There we go. But I appreciate the time. Thanks again. Yeah, no PFF at the top. (laughs) Man, you missed out on an absolute gem with Brandon Marshall. I know Solak was fun and he had some good takes, but Brandon Marshall was fucking electric. Yeah. Brandon Marshall is a unique dude. He invited me on his pod, the I Am Athlete pod. Did he? They only have athletes on there. It's me. I'm coming i'm kidding no he fucking didn't come on that would have been insane that would have been insane No, uh, but next time i'll, I'll dm him. i'll shoot him dm if he remembers me but it was an electric pod appreciate everyone following on the tailgate uh tour man we were in las vegas mobile now in los angeles i think we're gonna have one more podcast episode this week a bonus episode a little mailbag a little mailbag action coming to you soon until next time austin Gale, mike renner tailgate